I was not going to come here tonight. Uh, I guess Rabbi Shmulevitz would have been able to finish all of his stories. Um, I was feeling very, very sick at home. And I know exactly why, because today um, I was giving a, uh, like a tour of the local Queen Cemetery, which happens to have a lot of G'dayli Yisrael, um, and lately I've been doing that a lot. I don't know, one girl's school asked me to do it two weeks ago, and then another one did it, and then another one did it, um, and today it was pouring rain as I was doing it, and I was standing in the rain uh, for two hours straight. I was soaking, and I'm freezing, and, uh, and I was really scared that if I don't stay in bed tonight, I wouldn't be able to be here tomorrow in Yom Kippur, but for the alumni, I said that it was Kedai to come. So uh, I just wanted you to appreciate what I'm about to say even more. Um, but it's a real pleasure to see each and every one of you. Always uh, so great that you feel it's so important to come back. Uh, I don't think it's as much for the Carlos and Gabis as it is for the Tyra. And, um, but it's really great to, uh, to have you. Many of you are here actually every day. It's not like such a big Kiddush, but uh, it's good to have you also here, but especially the guys that come back after many, many years uh, and, the, and the people on Zoom, uh, all of our beloved Talmidim that, uh, that are Zooming in, uh, we love you and we miss you all, and uh, we thank you for being here tonight. We say, Avinu Malkenu, and sometimes we race through the Avinu Malkenus very quickly, and we don't have time really to think about each and every one of them, and each of them deserve their own shear. But let's just focus on one that we've said over the past uh, week or so, and during the Yimei Aslichas, and we're going to say it a lot on Yom Kippur as well. The Avinu Malkeinu, Avinu Malkeinu Kasveinu Besefer Chayim Taivim. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we ask you, our Father, our King, to write us into the book of a good life. Chayim Taivim. What does that mean, Chayim Taivim? What does that mean, a good life? When I was young, so there was a television show, I don't think it's still on anymore, but maybe a, a Gilgal of it is, uh, is still on. Um, it was called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but it was basically, uh, they would go and they would do, um, uh, I don't know, they, they, would, they would do this uh, television show every week and they would go into another really spitz house wherever it was, in Hawaii or in California or in uh, Paris, and they would show, like, people that mamish live geschmack lives, you know, with, with fancy cars and a huge mansion and a swimming pool and a jacuzzi and servants and champagne, and they were painting it to be, like, such an amazing life. And that is, uh, you know, always when I was growing up, like, that's, you know, that's the American dream, you think about having that type of life. That's, that's, the, that's the life that I want. I want to live 
with a lot of uh, a lot of gashmias, a lot of uh, everything. You want servants, you want food, you want you want um, cars, sports cars, Rolls Royces. That's that's kosvein of a sefer chayim tayvim. And then you get older, and some people still think that that's the Chaim Taivim that we're supposed to be davening for. And many of us, most of our Shemana Esrei does involve Parnassah issues, and Parnassah is, of course, very important, but the Chaim Taivim, the definition of Chaim Taivim as we mature, is supposed to change. It's not supposed to be that childlike fantasy of what, you know, how cool life would be if we were able to really have all the money that we could ever dream of having and, uh, you know, and all of the luxuries that the world uh, can offer. But we have to start, like, reframing what Chaim Taivim is. And I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have, but it's good just to chazer a little bit what we should be shooting for and what we should be davening for when we say, Avinu Malkeinu, that please grant us Chaim Taivim. Chaim Taivim does not mean a hedonistic lifestyle. Chaim Taivim, from a Gadol's perspective, from, from a real Das Taira perspective, is a life that is dedicated to Avedis Hashem. That doesn't mean that we have to live in a cardboard box. We could live in a very nice home also. But the thrust and the focus of our life has to be how can we make HaKadosh Baruch Hu proud of us? How could we instill in ourselves, in our homes, in our children, Yerushamayim? How can we do more chesed in our homes? How can we give back more? How can we learn more? How can we daven better? That's really what we should be thinking about as we mature and as we really try to understand what Chaim Taivim is. The true happiness in life does not lie with those people that are living those lifestyles of the rich and famous. I'm not saying that every single person that's rich and famous is not happy, but I think most are not happy, actually. I think the people that are truly happy are people that are much more focused on ruchnius, much more focused on real things in life and not so much the fake trappings of life. People that are real, people that are genuine. You know, the stipler once woke up in the morning and he was like, in a bahala, he was all fatumal. And he said, quick, get me three people. I want to do hatavas chalayim. I want to, I want to make this, uh, you know, this nusach that you say when you have a really bad nightmare. And you have three people that are sort of being matir, the, the nether, being mate of the nether that you had, the, the, the chalayim that you had. And so he gathers three people, and then you have to be mefarit what your chalayim is. You have to, you know, speak it out, verbalize, like, what was the bad dream that the stifler was so worried? Were you, did somebody die? Did somebody, was there an accident? Was there, a, you know, some natural disaster? He says, no, 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 much worse. So what, what could it be? 
He says, I, I can't even say it. He says, no, no, just say it. You have to. He says, I dreamt last night. I can't say it. He says, I dreamt last night that I became a gavir. I became a gavir. I became wealthy. He says, I need to be made to that chalayim. For us, you know, poverty is a, is a bad chalayim. You'd have to be made to a chalayim of poverty. But for the stipler, the stipler was so scared of any trappings of materialism that he felt that for that, a person has to be made to the chalayim. If anyone was ever by Rav Steinemann, Zechit Tzadik Levracha, in his apartment, his apartment was never, never was there a paint job since the Hakama Samadina, since 1948, whenever he started moving to that apartment, until he was nifter a couple of years ago, the paint was literally like, you know, when you speak about a landmark, this is a landmark. There was nothing, nothing was touched in this apartment since 1948. And he had a little bed with a mattress like maybe this thin and he was sitting on that bed on that mattress with a a stool in his back that was the support that he had for his while he was learning all day and all night and he had no interest in Ilam Haza he had literally literally no interest but he had the nicest life in the world he had a great rebetzin he had a beautiful mishpacha he was sitting and learning he wasn't lacking for anything he was once, uh, before he moved to Bnei Brak, he was Rashiva in a place called Kfar Saba. There was a yeshiva there, he was Rashiva. And they were in very, very bad financial straits. One year, they literally could not afford to pay him a salary. So what did he subsist on? He subsisted on the yeshiva, had somebody that provided crates of rhubarb. Anyone know what rhubarb is? Like, really, like, I don't want to speak badly about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, <laughs> fruits, but it's really not a batamta fruit. It's like a very, achi, like, not gishmak at all. And they kept sending crates. That's what they lived on. For one year, they just, she, the Rebetzin kept on making rhubarb. And then, at the end of the year, they finally made some money again, the yeshiva, and they gave him his back salary. They offered him his back salary for the whole year because they owed it. So Steinman looks at the check. He says, What's, what is this, a back salary? He says, you think I want to be wealthy? I'm, I, I need to be wealthy? He says, I take a salary from the yeshiva just to pay my, my, my for, for food, just to pay my basic living expenses. He says, Baruch Hashem, we made it through the year, so what do I need? Back salary. I don't want to, I don't want to have any savings. Savings isn't for me. I don't want savings. I let the yeshiva use it. What do you need? I need it. And years later, like they, they thought this was like a, a legend, like it was a myth, like this never happened. And somebody asked the Rebetzin, is it true that for a year straight you ate rhubarb breakfast, lunch, and supper? Is that true? So the Rebetzin says, no, mabakach, why is that a big deal? He said, she said, it was fine, it was good. Shabbos, I put a little sugar, I was able to borrow some sugar, I put a little sugar on, we cooked some rhubarb with sugar, a little covered Shabbos, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful year. Are these people deprived because they don't have all the gashmias, all the materialism? Rav Steinman never went in a car. The first time he was driven in a car, 
I think he was being driven to the airport to go to, uh, to America to give chizlik. Remember one year he came to America and um, he had no idea what a car was. He had no, you know, he sat in the car. He would walk, you know, normally just walk from his apartment to shul, to yeshiva, and back to his apartment. That was it. That was his life. He, he stayed within like one block. And all of a sudden he was in a, in a car and, you know, they passed by the, uh, the Yamamelech uh, no, not the Yama the, the, the Yamagadol, the Mediterranean, on the way from, you know, as they're passing Tel Aviv. So he says, I want to get out and, and uh, make a bracha on the Yamamelech. He said, they said, uh, on the Yamagadol, excuse me. So they asked him, Rashiva hasn't seen the Yamagadol in 30 days? So he says, I haven't seen the Yamagadol in 30 years. I haven't been outside. I don't get out more often. I'm just sitting in, I'm shaku and learning. That's it. That's my life. And then... The stifle, and then the, uh, Steinman was like watching the guy, he had a stick shift, the, the driver. So he said, uh, so Steinman says, you know what, you, you move the, the wheel and I'll stir the coals. You don't have to do, stir the coals and move the wheel. He thought there was like coals underneath the car that the guy was stirring. Now, you know, it, for us it sounds like preposterous that there was a person in the world that had such no shaykhahs to, to, to Gashmias. This must have been a miserable person, a, a backwards person, a, a person that had no, you know, no hanaf from Elamaza. He was the happiest man in the world. All he needed was his Gemara, he needed his, his Talmidim, he needed his Yeshiva, he needed his Svarim. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful life. That's a Chaim Tevim Dika life. Is it for all of us? Absolutely not. But halavai, it should be for all of us. Halavai, that should be what our, our she'ifas in life are. We don't need to go so far forward with all the latest gadgets, and the latest materialism and try to keep, because it doesn't make a person happy. I've yet to meet a person that was happier because they have an iPhone with 10, phone, with 10 cameras on the back. The iPhone 14, 12, I don't know, they keep sending me emails from Verizon, how I need the next iPhone, and they're going to give me $400 off, like for a $3,000 phone. I, I, you think that's going to make me happy? I still have my phone with one camera on it. And people look at me like I'm crazy. They need 12 ca- you know, how many phone? How many cameras do you need? The more cameras you have, the less happy you are. The more cars you have, the less, the less happy you are. The more apartments you have. People, you know, they buy an apartment in Eretz Yisrael, apartment in Boca, apartment here, apartment there. That's happiness. It's not shayach. You can't be happy. You're always worried about, you know, do I have a leak in my house here? And do I have, a, you know, somebody breaking into my apartment there? And, like, you, you, that's happiness. <laughs> happiness is just being able to be simple and to be able to, to see things clearly and to have a, a clear focus on what's real in life and what's important in life. And sometimes when we're out of, the, out of the yeshiva for a long time, it's good to come back to the yeshiva just to remind ourselves what is important and what's not so important. Is it important to make a parnas? It's absolutely, it's, it's, it's essential. Don't walk away from there saying, okay, I think he was saying that, you know, we should all quit our jobs and move to B'nai Brak. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that if we would do that, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. We're not going to do that. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world should we do that. It would be a beautiful thing.
We're saying every day by davening. So Remember us for life, O King, who desires life. The Chasveno Besefer Achayim, and write us into the book of life. Lemancha Elikim Chayim. What does that mean, Lemancha Elikim Chayim? It means that the Chayim that we're asking for is not a Chayim for me. It's a Chayim for him. It means that I am pledging during these days, these important days of Aser Simechu of Yom Kippurim that the life that I'm asking for, the life that I'm begging for, the life that I'm beseeching HaKadosh Baruch Hu on high for, is a life that is not dedicated to my own trivial pursuits. You think HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Nachas Ruach because we want another year for what? Because we want to get the latest car, the latest gadget, the latest, you know, that's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give us life for. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live our lives for Him. And we're telling him that we're begging for life, that our life should be lamancha, for you. That's the secret to being able to get a new year from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The secret is that we're saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu throughout the davening tomorrow night and the entire day of Yom Kippurim that I am dedicating this year and this life for you. I don't want it for me. It's not about me. It's about you. Now the Chavetz Chaim was once asked by uh, one of his small grandchildren, Zaydi, how old are you? How old are you? It's a common, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, um, it's a normal question to ask. Do we have Gemaras? The Gemara says that people ask certain Tanam, Amiram, Yamim, how how'd you get Arichas Yamim? This grandchild wanted to know, how old are you? And the Chavetz Chaim sort of just like was evading the question. He was just like, he laughed. He, he didn't say the answer. And again, he kept on going on and on. How old is Eidid? Tell me how old you are. And he just kept on ignoring him. Later, the Chavetz Chaim gave this grandchild an envelope with money inside of it. And the grandchild took it, and he put it in his pocket. He said, thank you, Zayda, and he put it in his pocket. So Chavetz Chaim asked him, why don't you open it? He says, it's not polite to open a gift. You know, somebody gives you a gift, you, you want to look at how much it is, right? Somebody gives you a tip, or somebody uh, you know, gives you a, whatever, a present. You want to look at it, but you, you have to put it in your pocket. You look at it later. You go to the bathroom, you look at it really quickly. But you don't want to look at it. And if it's not polite to look at something, a gift in front of the person, you don't do that. So the Chavetz Chaim says, you're right. You don't look at a gift. You don't open a gift. And that's why when you asked me how old I am, I didn't say it. Because every single minute of my life is a gift. And I don't want to open up the envelope. I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to... I don't, want to, I don't want to put it out there. It's a private thing. It's something that's not appropriate to say uh, uh, how old I am. Because every minute and every day and every second of my life is a gift. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us that gift. He gives us the gift not for us to use for our own purposes. 
He gives it to us so that we should be able to be his shluchim in this world to accomplish great things. Lemanoi. For him. And that's the trick to life. If you do anything in the world, it's wonderful. You could do anything that you want. We live in America. We live in an amazing country. A person could be successful. A person could be talented. You could use your talents, your creativity, your business acumen, your, your, your pension for chesed. Whatever you want to do, you could do, and you do do it. You, you could do anything you want. We live in an amazing country. You know, you read about history books. The Jews weren't allowed in certain societies in Europe and Eastern Europe and wherever, in you know, the Middle East. They weren't allowed to, like, get regular trades. They weren't, that's why they were all moneylenders. And that's why, you know, Shakespeare and others, like, they mocked the Jews and they, and they, they, they demeaned the Jews for always being money-hungry. There was nothing else that a Jew was allowed to do. They weren't allowed to be regular business people. They weren't allowed to be doctors and lawyers and accountants. They had to just, they, they didn't have anything. So they were starving. So they, 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 they lent money. That was the only thing that they were able to do, that they were allowed to do. We live in America. You can literally do anything that you want. You can open up a startup. You can, uh, you can you know, go into computers. You can go into accounting. go into law, into medicine. The sky's the limit. Whatever you want, you could do. And that's a wonderful thing. But if you're able to do all the things that you want to do, but you just add one knage to that, that whatever I'm doing, I'm doing for the Rabbi Shalom. That changed the entire contour of your life from being a selfish, hedonistic, you know, just personal, ambitious life to being a life that's full of glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shines and radiates throughout every single day of our life, just by merely declaring that it's all Lamancha, and it is for Him. Of course we live for Him. There's no other reason why people would do what we do. It's obviously for Him. You know, for those of you that are married and that have families, and, you know, you send your kids to yeshiva, you know, yeshiva tuition you know, is, is, is not cheap. It's much easier to send your kids to public school. Why are we doing this? Why are we sending our kids to schools that cost fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year times, you know, the amount of kids that we have? Are we crazy? The answer is we're doing it because we want to be Shemir Tayyar Mitzvah. We want our children to be Mechonuch al and this is the way we have to do it, so we do it. Shabbos, go to a supermarket, you go to these, you know... You come home, you know, your wife comes home, bill $400, $500, buying crazy stuff, Yom Taivim come up, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, you know, it's crazy. The bills and the mortgages and the, why are we doing this? Are we crazy? We're not crazy. I mean, we are crazy, but, but if we're crazy, we're crazy for the Rabbi Yishalom. Whatever we're doing, it's Lamanai. It would be much simpler to live on a farm in Nebraska and milk a couple of cows and just uh, you know, have a very little low-maintenance low lifestyle without any of these. We're doing it because when we remind ourselves for a second why we're doing it, we're doing it because we're Abdo de Kudjabrichu. We're doing it for the Rabbi Nishayim. And when a person is able to understand that and remember that on Yom Kippur, and say, and mean it, and that's the thrust of your Shemana Esrei, and that's your thrust of all the Avinu Malkenos, and all the Alchets, and all the, and all the Ashamnus, and whatever, all the beautiful 
things that we're going to be saying over the course of Yom and we're thinking, HaKadosh this is all for you. My whole life I'm dedicating for you. That is a Chaim Taivim. That's the Chaim Taivim that we want. We want a Chaim that's Taivim because it's Taivli Tairas Picha Me'alfei Zav It's a life that's beautiful. It's immersed in Kedusha, in Taira, in Taira, in Mitzvahs. That's the life that we're asking HaKadosh Baruch We're not a life of for me. It's a life for me, but for him. And that seemingly minor refocus of what we're doing is not a small thing. It's completely changing the entire contour, the entire structure, the entire color of everything that we do with our life merely by just stating for the record and declaring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that it's Lamancha, it's for you, and that's our new definition of Chaim Taivim. Chaim Taivim, I'm not doing it for the, because we forget. We, re, we think that Chaim Taivim is for this, and well, we, have, you know, we get into a certain Chavra, and, and everybody's going here, and they're going there, they're going to Florida, they're going to Panama, they're going to Israel, they're going there, and everything, you just get all Fatoma, like I need to do different things. And then you have to remind yourself by coming back to Yeshiva once in a while what's real. And I'm reminding myself, by the way, also. I'm also coming back here to Yeshiva tonight. And I'm reminding myself together with you that that's not the real life. That's, not, that's, that's the life for other people. It's not a life of a Ben Taira. The life of Ben Taira is to live well, to live nicely, to live good, but it's a life that's focused on the Rabbi Nishayim. With that, I want to wish everybody a Gemar Chasimataiva. We should be zeicha to a beautiful, sweet new year. Tafshin Pei Gimel should be a year that's full of promise, full of hope. It should be a Mashiach Dika year. It should be a Parnassah Dika year. It should be a Geula Dika year. It should be one of Simcha and Nachas from our Mishpachas and, and Yishev Hadas and Emirz Hashem Dibok, Pilpul with our Chaveirim, with our Rabbeim, connection. We're so happy that you came back to Yeshiva and we hope that you had an enjoyable evening here and that you take the lessons back home with you. Remind yourself, remind your family, remind your community of what's real, what's a Chaim Taivim. And the Chaim Taivim is a life that's dedicated. L'mancha.